0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a thing that's a little bit weird for Rune Terrible. It's a little, uh, this is past Blevins, ooh, haunting you from the time that happened a day or more ago. I don't know why I did that. Um, but I wanted to uh, do this little uh, pre-show thing Because as you probably know from the Twitter and Discord announcements or the title of this podcast that you're listening to or watching, um, we've got uh, Riot Umbridge on the show this week. So instead of doing all of the normal pre-show stuff that we would do, uh during the show, uh, I figured I would make the best use of his time uh, for both his sake and for yours so we can just talk about Legends of Runeterra and, and other stuff that I'm sure we're going to get off on tangents with, but not housekeeping stuff. So wanted to uh, address that a little bit before, and I'll try to keep it short. So first thing is first, we got a brand new patron. We got uh, Yoris R., uh, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Uh, but thank you so much for the patron two euro patron. So uh, welcome. And thank you for that. Um, and if you want to become a patron, you can as well. Patreon.com slash rune terrible radio for that. Uh, speaking of Patreon, the new Patreon newsletter, uh, I believe by the time you're listening to this will be out. I have it 90 plus percent done um, so, uh, you should, uh, have that on Patreon when you hear this. Um, so this week or this month I did a, a little more, um, sort of personal development, talked a little bit about getting into the gaming and esports space, um, and how you can possibly too. Um, it's a question that people ask me all the time. It's not super on, uh, it's not doesn't have a ton to do with Legends of Runeterra specifically, though it does tie in to our featured author this week, which is Cosign Joe. Um, so uh wanted to uh, give a little bit there and let you know that you can go over to patreon.com slash radio. And if you become a patron at any level, you will get access to the monthly newsletter. Um, and, you know, it's just a fun little uh, writing exercise uh, for me and for others. But if uh, if you want to write a piece for the newsletter... Hit me up on Discord, Discord.me, Session Terrible Radio. If you're not already in there, send me a DM and uh, let me know what you want to write about. I'm happy and uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy to feature um, community writers. Um, I'm going to be writing bits on it. Um, I'm going to be writing bits on it uh, at the beginning and pro- probably the intro and outro to all of them. Um, but if we can get uh, community writers that want to be featured... I'm happy to uh, take submissions there. So enough about that. Um, uh, One last piece here that I want to talk about before the interview is uh, you probably actually you'll definitely have seen the official announcement um, by the time you listen to this. Um, But I am officially working for Wisdom Gaming, uh, a.k.a. the parent company of Giant Slayer. So if you're not familiar with giant slayer, uh giant slayer fight night legends has been a tournament that we've done every week for the past. I think uh, many months, I think we're going to be coming up on Fight night 16. Um, and we've done other ones as well. So, um, I'm going to be casting and doing some other stuff, uh, for them officially full time. So, um, I've been doing it for a while, but the official announcement hasn't come out. I know I alluded to it earlier, but, uh, the official announcement will be out uh, by the time you hear this, so just wanted to let you know that, and uh, if you had any questions, if you have any, uh, you know, thoughts or, or questions or suggestions for Giant Slayer, for LOR, or for any of the other stuff that Wisdom is doing, feel free to shoot me a message or you can shoot me an email if you want to be more official, Um But uh, yeah, shoot me a DM on Discord and we can definitely talk there. But just wanted to let you know that and uh, get that out there so it's not a secret. I mean, it was the worst kept secret um, because, you know, if people ask me, I would tell them it wasn't really a secret. I was just waiting for the official announcement to say it on air. So, um, okay, I'm rambling now. So that means it's a good time to cut out. Enjoy the interview. I right now don't know how it it, how it went because it hasn't happened yet for me but you're about to know what it uh what it's going to be like so with that i'll pass it over to you blev and you can start the show blev thanks blev let's get the podcast started Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am Blevins with me as always is Saucy. What's up buddy?
1: Hey, what's going on? So was that the best intro we've ever had to this podcast?
0: Oh, uh, the the podcast listeners will get it because there's a pre-recorded thing where I toss to myself in the future, which is me right now, so it's kind of like the present but now and it will soon be the pe- I don't know how to I still don't know how to do podcast time math. But saucy, <laughs> enough of the, enough of this random banter for no reason. We have a very special guest. We have Legends of Runeterra Game director, right Umbridge, on the show. Welcome.
2: What's up, guys? It's been uh, we've been trying to we've been trying to have this show for forever, like a year.
0: It's true. Yeah. We, I uh, I'm what I would call what I call ambitious, what other people call annoying, in terms of reaching out to people early and often. Um, but I guess that's why I work in in sales. But uh, yeah, we uh, this has been a long time coming, and the the stars have finally aligned. On a, a definitely not important day in history, it's not like a, the most important day in our uh, in our modern lives. It's a, just a, a random a random Regular Tuesday.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it's just. I mean, it's just like legends and terror. We only want to compete against the best, right? Yeah, it's so, true. Uh,
1: we can we can take it. We,
2: yeah, we figured we could steal some airways from yeah. <laughs> you know the national election.
1: Yeah, whatever. I we I think we really were talking like when we were starting this show back in like the first closed beta. I think. Didn't we hit you up to come on like yeah, that probably before did. the game came out? I probably yeah. did. So it's literally been
2: and I probably like introduced. I probably like forwarded you to like tw- you know fourteen people, and you got bounced around in the internal email hell of. <laughs> uh, you know, our, our publishing or whatever. No,
0: that was good though. I met I met some really good people um, through that. But it's like it, it's like, yeah, I just want to come on a podcast. Oh wait, no, I probably shouldn't do that. And then uh, <laughs> and then hey, and then the suits the angel, are like, this don't talk. to this But now I'm on vacation. Now I'm on vacation week, so this is <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not
2: I'm not representing the company here, even though I hundred percent am. <laughs> all views. <laughs> yes, yeah, but no. So.
0: All of you said by Riot in this episode do not reflect Riot Games or Legends of Runeterra. Oh, that's
2: good. No, that's good. <laughs> I, need, I need that. I need that pre-recorded.
0: I mean, I could pre-record. We'll
1: get we'll to the audio.
0: <laughs> if you give me some foil, if you give me some foil cards, then maybe we can do that. Ooh,
1: <laughs> good <laughs> trades.
2: Spoiler of some questions.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so we do have. We do have a little bit of an outline, but as anyone who's listened to the show before. Or even as listening right now can kind of tell we're just gonna kind of wing it and and just just have a little bit of fun. But I always like to start off at the beginning. Um and and and, and I wanna know a little bit about your sort of gaming origin umbridge, because uh it's always nice to get a little bit of a frame of context there. Yeah, it's
2: um I, I, I can't say it's uh, like any superhero or supervillain story <laughs> I've ever heard. But um uh, I grew up with, I wouldn't say strict parents, but they, they certainly were strict in certain ways. And one of the ways in which they were strict was basically the access I could have to video games. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, you know, kind of like on the edge of like Atari. And then, of course, you know, Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo Genesis. My first console that I owned was a Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, you know, for like years, my parents banned me from playing games. And then I got a <laughs> Genesis. And then like the it was like the floodgates opened, except the <laughs> only games they would buy me were Disney games. Um, and I don't know if you okay. remember those like Aladdin, yeah, the King, Lion King one, like I uh, not a Disney game, but there's another game, Kid Chameleon. These okay. games mm. were they were fucking impossible. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I was like seven, you know, and so yeah, I, was, uh, I had all these preconceptions about how amazing video games were, and then mm-hmm. I just got trashed. Um, <laughs> so fast forward to, um, you know, middle school, high school, and then college. Um, discovered Magic the Gathering, uh, played a ton casually, mm-hmm. uh, and then in college, um, picked up some other card games, including uh, Warhammer 40K made by Sabretooth Games. It feels weird. Uh, I can. I guess I can I, I can say that because I'm, I don't think they are, uh, actually exist as a company anymore, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not pitching for a competitor. Um, <laughs> and uh, the game store I played at actually shipped me out to Indianapolis um, to go to a gaming convention. Um, I don't Con. know if y'all are familiar with Gen Con. Yes, um, yeah. Actually, I think at the actually at the time. So now it's in Minneapolis or Indianapolis, but at the time it was actually Milwaukee still. Oh wow! Um, And so they shipped me out um, along with the store owner, and we crushed fools. Um, (laughs) And so that was kind of my. And uh, I I I actually won the event, Um, and of course you know there was no money behind it because it was like a thirty person tournament or whatever. Um, (laughs) But I, I I won a giant life size like broadsword. Um oh, and so I wow. brought the broadsword to the airport and you know uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm like in college so I'm like a dumbass right and I'm like uh I'm like I'm ready for my flight and they're like what are you
1: you can't take you? a broadsword <laughs> yeah.
2: So we had to so you know 2 hours later we check it in um and uh my one of my one of my fondest memories was um going to the game zone in Pasadena which was the store I played at mm-hmm. um on like a random you know Sunday afternoon and the owner of the store was just it, in the middle of the empty store, just swinging my broadsword around, like yelling like he was Conan the Barbarian, and I'm like, I was like, bro, that's my sword. You can't, you can't touch my sword, man. But um, yeah, so um, you know, I would, I would say in retrospect, um, of course, I have had a long career playing games. Uh, but if anything, I could, I would probably credit my parents uh, for forbidding me to uh, for playing games <laughs> as like the reason that I am in gaming uh, and you know the game industry today.
0: There are fewer there are few greater motivators of something than having your parents tell you you can't do it.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 I think I, I think I'm like a Sith at heart cuz I'm just, you know, all the negative energy is just fuel, you know. It's fuel Fueled by
1: chaos.
0: Yeah. It's just... That's awesome. So so how do you go from uh, crushing at Gen Con, winning a broadsword as a prize, which is a great prize, by the way, if uh, you're looking for uh, inspiration for the seasonal tournaments? I mean, broadsword would be pretty, uh, pretty great just putting it out there. Uh, how do you go from that to working at Riot Games? Where does where does that come in?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, in co- like I said, in college, I was playing a lot of card games um, at the same time. I was studying for a computer science degree. Um, and I, at the time, I thought my computer science degree was going to get be, be the thing that got me into the industry, like got mm-hmm. me into you know developing video games. Um, but I actually had a real hard time um, getting into the industry as a as a programmer. Um, and uh, in retrospect, probably it was because I, I didn't really have my heart in programming. Um, but uh, I uh, basically kept playing card games. Um, I jumped onto a, a, a card game uh, called uh, Marvel vs. Um, yeah. by a company called uh, upper deck yes and um, i actually interviewed to be an intern at upper deck and they um they were they turned me down um <laughs> and, and so but then i uh, continued to play their game and i ended up competing in the first pro uh, their first pro tour um mm-hmm. i got i got ninth on breakers um, oh but, uh, <laughs> uh, and that was actually the pro tour that kibler won, uh brand kibler yes won, yeah uh, yeah and, you know, I would actually both go on to work at Upper Deck. So basically after I got ninth, they were like, well, you're not, you're not an idiot. So like, maybe you can, you know, come, you can play test for us. Um, so, um, you know, that was, uh, I actually was working as an engineer, uh, as a research engineer at the time um, in uh, uh, government defense. And so okay. I basically, you know, I was like three months into that job and uh, I kind of infamously quit the day that I got my, my security clearance. So like the morning, that the, you know, the government officers basically came in and gave me like my security briefing, and then I gave my two weeks notice, and they're like, "Well, we're still here. We might as well debrief you." And I'm like, "Do you? I know. I haven't learned. I haven't learned state secrets." Um, <laughs> so uh, they debriefed me, and then I, you know, I, I made the jump, um, and it was a it was a pretty big leap of faith because it was actually a, you know uh, an internship, so mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't even like a guaranteed job or anything. Um, uh, working at Upper Deck on uh, the Marvel card game, the Marvel and DC uh, versus card game. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I uh, joined Carbine Studios to work on their their sci-fi MMO uh, uh, WildStar. Um, and then uh, after that, jumped you know jumped to Riot Games. Um, you know, I, I can't claim that I that I knew that League of Legends was going to be the enormous success that it was. I pretty much jumped in when it was like obviously safe, and, <laughs> and this game's going progress. So uh, you know, definitely riding the coattails of the company's success there. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been at Riot for the last nine years
1: now. Wow. So, yeah, Wildstar was awesome. I played that game for a while.
2: You, you, and I, I mean, I appreciate you and the other 20
0: 12 people. people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was the problem.
2: When we couldn't put a 40 man raid together, we knew we were in
1: trouble.
0: Oh, uh, no, yeah. I, that's... No,
1: I, I hit max level and like could never find any group. And I was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't play this
0: game. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that stinks. So, like, I
2: mean, the the star game didn't obviously wasn't, you know, that's a but a lot of my team, you know, when I, I, I stuck keep pitch up to them, like went on to work on, you know, bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, designer at Bungie, one's actually, um, basically got their dream job. Uh, he's a, one of the leads on, on World of Warcraft, actually, that sounded like he re upped on. So, nice. he's he's clearly doing the job right. So, awesome.
0: i <laughs>
1: yep, yeah, let him know that's he's awesome. doing okay. He gets my <laughs> stamp of approval, <laughs> he gets your
0: stamp of approval and your $15 monthly as well. Um, mm-hmm. so wait, did yeah. you play, did you play, um, the Sabertooth Savage Beatdown deck to win uh, to get ninth of the pro tour?
2: Uh, what did I play? I played, um, uh, I was one of two people that played uh, the new Brotherhood. It was basically like, mm-hmm. a, uh, it was like a resource, um, resource sacrificing, like aggressive deck that had, um, a Brotherhood. And, um, I think it was actually like Mono Brotherhood. I, I, I might be remembering, I'm misremembering, but yeah, it had Savage Beatdown in it. Yeah. Um, meta had uh uh dr doom and mm-hmm. uh he played uh what was it reign of terror yeah. like a, a card that just bounces three drops for free on the house and you just can't you <laughs> just couldn't win against you just couldn't win against that they had like mystical paralysis too yep. where you could just tap down your biggest guy every round and uh yeah that was not a, not a, not a good deck to bring to that tournament so uh, <laughs> i'd like to i'd like to say I succeeded despite those odds Kibler played Kibler played uh um doom which was uh, certainly the best deck in that format yep
0: Man, That's I cool loved game that game back yeah. in the day. I was, I was like a, a little bit too young to like play competitively. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess I probably could have, but I, I love, I, cause I love Marvel, but I loved that game and, uh, it was great. Right on. But, uh, I mean, if it caught, if it
2: caught you when you were younger, you probably yeah. learned a lot of good math skills because that game had a lot of math.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was also playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, oh, yeah. MTG as well. So, I mean, I was I was great at math in high school if, as long as it uh, involved adding or subtracting numbers between 0 and 20. Uh, I was... Boundary. Yeah, exactly. I could count
1: to 20. That's <laughs> how was good enough for magic. Like, that's all you needed. Yep,
0: yep. 21 because I also played blackjack. Like a, a, like a true high school degenerate, I was gambling in high school as well. As
1: you... As as you should. Don't do that, kids. Don't do that.
0: I I say do it, Um, but you know what? I don't care. What we need is is legalized uh, poker, but I'm not... uh, Today is not the day for political stances, because nothing is political today, because this is a random Tuesday, not the fate of the universe Tuesday. (laughs) It's just a random Tuesday, but... uh, yeah, so I mean that's a really that's really interesting to to hear all of that. I did not know that you played the uh Marvel Versus cuz that's uh that's a uh, an old an old uh, favorite of mine, but that's, uh, but that's I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I, lo- I love loved that game, but let's talk about no, it's sassy. Should we talk about L- should we talk about Legends of Runeterra at some point? Like I guess
1: we could? Like some we Sometimes we sprinkle some rune into this podcast so I guess today could be a day for that.
2: I mean look, it's only it's only the game that I've spent half my career working on so you know
0: no big <laughs> oh. deal.
1: So you have played you know the game, okay? You, you know it, okay. A little, bit, so a, little you bit, can... a little bit. Okay,
0: cool, cool. <laughs> so so you've spent a ha- so you've been working on Rune for almost for f- almost 5 years if that? Did I do the math right? Yeah,
2: so I've been at, I've been at Riot for 9 years. Right. Um and uh Legends of Runeterra, or you know, hey, right, you know, this this concept of Riot yeah. should make a League of Legends card game has existed mm-hmm. basically that whole time. Um, the, you really. Know, yeah, whereas Legends of Runeterra, mostly in its current form, has, as you said, only only existed in the last like four or five years. Um, we say so, only, you know, but that's a long time <laughs> for us who
0: did. Yeah, I I literally well, didn't know the the game at all. I mean, maybe I just wasn't in on the secret, but I didn't know until like the day it was announced. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean that's uh you know that I think that's uh, really a a really testament to like how well Riot kept a lot of its R&D projects secret you know cuz mm-hmm. you know uh, like projects like Legends of Runeterra Valorant like those projects have been in the works for forever and um, yeah. in many ways like it's not it's actually not that exceptional right like Diablo 3 that was a that was a, as far as we know as an as outsiders like that was another decade game you know so mm-hmm. um these sort of yeah, these sort of games don't get made overnight
0: yeah which is which is interesting i mean it's it's always crazy to think like be, considering that you know information is everywhere that it like i mean again I, I maybe maybe some people knew i i was not privy to it i i literally heard the announcement or i it, so i think it got like t te- not teased uh spoiled by like slasher like the day before the oh, announcement Right, right. right. Yeah. i remember seeing yeah. that tweet and being like oh shit I'm gonna yeah, have to do big, another podcast. <laughs> we all had a big inhale, inhale yeah. with no
2: exhale moment there.
0: Yeah, but yeah,
1: I, I I had no like I didn't know anything about Riot beforehand because I never played League. Um, I I found out about it from just some Hearthstone people like, hey, are you gonna play this game? I'm like, the, what the hell is that? I've never heard <laughs> like, I aren't those the League of Legends guys? Like, I don't want to. Right. And then uh, which is
2: which is wild, right? Because League of Legends, yeah. you know. um arguably still is one of the best uh, biggest you know pc games right and mm-hmm. i think that really just shows like how
1: yeah
2: how big gaming is in general yeah mm-hmm. that you can you know basically be like what the hell's that company <laughs> yeah
1: um, exactly
0: yeah well i mean you've been working on the game for so long and obviously it's been out for i mean have we hit a we haven't hit a year yet yeah. have we? we just hit it we just yeah. hit a year i think we just I mean, if hit a you're year. if you're counting um our closed beta okay so we're like just a year in, barely. You've been working on it for much longer than that. Where, where did, what does the game look like now compared to what you maybe envisioned it, I mean, early on or even when it was just in its sort of current iteration? How, Where, what's the delta there between what you envisioned and what it is now?
2: Yeah, I would say in many ways, it's, you know, completely exceeded my expectations um, in terms of like quality of the core gameplay, um, you know, the, 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 the level of sort of, you know, meta diversity that we've reached. Um, like I know, you know, uh, there've been a lot of complaints about the current metas and recent metas. Um, but when you look at, um, you know, uh, I forget his, um, his name exactly, Cosmic's meta breakdown, mm-hmm. yep, um, you know, and it's like, there's a bunch of, you know, top decks and then rest of field is like more than half of the field. Yeah. Um, it's like, if that was any magic, ter- if that was any random magic tournament, they'd be like, we're, we're doing hot. Um, oh yeah. So um, I think, in you know, a lot of the things that we wanted as as CCG players, you know, we're very much seeing, um, of course, um, we've been delighted by, like, the community and how much, um, you know, different streamers have, you know, popped off as well as, um, you know, different uh, streaming communities and and talk shows. Um, In terms of the game itself, it's funny because, you know, even though I've been working on it for so long, I I still kind of look at it like a baby um, (laughs) where, you know, we, we're 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 in the game of like kind of like slaying giants right We're in like this year when we launched the game it was really about like hey there's kind of some BS about this this genre that is associated with this genre that like we don't think the genre should take credit for right like how is it that um you know the one thing people took away from the card game genre is like, packs like you know and that's the thing that has reached like all the other game genres like that's from my perspective as somebody who loves the genre that's like really disappointing Mm -hmm. um and so you know that was kind of like the first giant that we were trying to that we tried to slay right um with the end of this year with seasonal tournaments you know the next one um on our on our roadmap is kind of like making sure that people can have really awesome competitive experiences in the game right um where you know, like like I was talking about with all those anecdotes around traveling the world, playing you know playing card games. Like I, I, only barely got a taste of what it was like to play at that level, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, particularly during COVID times, like people aren't going to be jumping on a plane to go play in you know a tournament in Indianapolis in the middle of the country, especially you know? now with um, the right now, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, so you know, getting getting people a taste of that um, you know experience just uh, in the digital client, I think is. Um, really compelling to me as somebody who grew up you know trying to play those games competitively um but when i zoom when i step back even farther um i think there are still so many other opportunities whether that's like making the game more social making the game have um be more of like a platform for card games making the game have like all the customization um you know alternate r and like all Mm -hmm. the you know um uh, i'm a big fan of like the uh art uh, are alters that like mm. magic, you know, magic, uh, not like them; their mainline artists, but like a lot of like magic fans do, oh, yeah. you know, for their cards and their cubes. I'm a big, uh, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, cube player. Um, and, and so like, you know, to me, it's like, there's like, you know, we're on like step one and a half of like a 10 step plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so I, I, even though I feel like we've come a long way, like it's, there's so much more to go.
1: Yeah. That that's really, it's good to like, think of it that way. Cause I feel like you know, because not that anyone in any community ever gives any uh, any flack for anything, but like <laughs> seeing your passion for card games specifically—not mm-hmm. not that you know the the team behind this game are card game players. That's why it's something that Blevins and I play like praise all the time. Like here's things that we hated from Magic or Hearthstone yeah. or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, and like here's why we like you know the diversity of all these. Playable decks, how you don't have to spend literally all of your money to get a competitive deck. Mm-hmm. It was like the first week of release, Blevins and I are like, we've played this game for a week and we each have three, four competitive decks. Yeah. Um, you know, just coming from problems that you see inside of just gaming as a whole not even like a specific card game but like a whole genre of games and take like attacking it from that angle and it's something that like i mean as someone who's been playing card games forever that's something that really drew me to runeterra itself and that i i feel has done very well myself right on.
2: i think it's like um i think the question of like um yeah, in industry, like one of the questions that um, I, I always like to talk about is like, is it a is it a passion industry or is it kind of like a, a more of like a uh, almost like a science or an academic one? You know, where like I think there are there are game dev- developers and game designers who look at it like um, not not unemotionally, but like look at it like a, it's a job and like they're gonna you know solve hard problems mm-hmm. and like that's like really like stimulating you know and and curious. Whereas for me, like you're saying, like um, you know. I, I, in many ways when I look back I'm like I was built to make this game um like you know when I when I trace the history of like you know my like gaming background um and I think uh you know there are days when you're faced with problems that feel like impossibly hard or you're faced mm. with like you know maybe some maybe some player outcry um, about an event <laughs> that you just announced um, where that passion uh to, to just bring to elevate the genre and 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 your game you know um help you get through those and and feel like, yeah, that's just, that's just another thing that I need to learn from.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like to echo what saucy was saying that, that, that really makes you feel good as a, as a player. And I mean, even more so on our side, as content creators and people who are involved in the community, at least in, in some way, it's like, it's really nice to see that the people who are making the game have the same sort of passions that we do. Um, and like, for better or for worse, and and maybe <laughs> Umbridge, you can speak a little more to this. Like you, you as a team, um, are very open and and vocal and, and about feedback and and giving feedback. And I mean, you're coming on shows like ours and and other shows and 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 posting, you know, sort of the thought process behind that. Which is now it seems kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, we we're expecting an answer in every patch for everything, but like you look, even like a couple of years ago in other companies, it's like you don't hear anything from anyone. And like Ben Brode at BlizzCon comes out in a, in an awesome costume and says something awesome. And that's great. But like you hear nothing from anyone. Um, yeah. And I, I guess I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on being uh, what it's like being so open with the, with the community um, as a game de- developer.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, from my point of view, uh, you know, one of the reasons we were so anxious to launch the game, um, even given kind of like the, you know, we're on step one out of 10, Mm -hmm. um, is because we were so anxious to interact with players, um, and get that feedback loop going, um, you know, events like KDA and our labs and uh, honestly, everything that we do, um, we look at it as like, this is a conversation starter with our players to figure Mm -hmm. out what resonates with our players and what they love or don't love, you know, um it's funny it's so funny you mentioned that because i think the, the i think the industry has very much kind of changed over the last like decade mm-hmm. where one of actually one of the reasons i came to riot was because um the the head of uh, game design at the time tom cadwell um basically posted you know somebody was complaining about you know something in league of legends and he posted like here are my six bit game gameplay pillars of like good game design um and uh you know i read them and they resonated with me and i was like yeah this is this is somebody who's like basically willing to put himself out there, have like a candid conversation with mm. the, um, with the community, um, and, you know, has really nuanced and, and, you know, um, thought thoughtful, you know, insights. Um, and that was something that I wanted, um, you know, to do for myself as a game developer. Um, and so for us, like, it's, it's, it's interesting cause I'm like, I don't know if we could imagine it any other way. Um, like mm. our culture within the team is very much one of open feedback. Um, uh, you know, KDA in and of itself was not uh, was not without, you know, discussion, um, mm-hmm. you know, very, very little is without discussion when we um, go go out with ideas that we're going to be bold, like even within the team. So in many ways, like, you know, interacting with players is just an extension of like how we want to talk, how we like to talk about problems with, you know, our team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, I mean, from our now spoiled gamer seats, like, that's great. I mean, <laughs> it's like, Hey, you change you change this. This is why. Okay, I I understand that. Now, of course, there are some people that um in the community that aren't as uh, uh, accepting or <laughs> as uh, maybe uh, mm, I don't know what's a, what's a good word <laughs> saucy That aren't as uh, reasonable, I guess, in there. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, and and this it, it, this is the thing. Like, it isn't what we're used to, right? Like we'll get patch notes for another game if they put out a patch. But yeah. you like with the with the patch notes we get in this game, it's like here's the changes, but here's like our thought process and why. Mm. And uh, something else that like blew my mind, especially at the start, was the willingness to revert changes um Mm -hmm. that's not something that happens in other games because normally it's we change this and this is the new correct it's more hey we have the ability to this is a fully digital card game we don't have to worry about paper prints we don't have to worry about anything we can make a change and if for this season if it makes sense for uh what vile feast to be two mana and this season it should be three mana because of the Mm -hmm. meta whatever you can change and revert and like that's something that's like very interesting to this specific game Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i think um you know, for us, we needed—we really needed to approach the live side of the game with a lot of humility because, yeah, our team has a bunch of uh, CCG industry veterans. Um, but like you're saying, um, you know, that veterancy really got us to the point where we're—we're we're used to um, working in paper, right? Like we're mm-hmm. used to kind of like, um, you know, putting a putting a bow on a shipping it out, and just kind of like crossing our fingers. So where we under—where we believe we needed to learn the most and be willing to experiment was on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, we're we're trying to make a of course a great card game but a great digital card game so um you know i think some of that response was was due to that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just uh to 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 wrap that part up i think it's just it's it's great and i i think i speak for the community in saying thank you for that because uh it's just it's really nice to to get that sort of insight into the game that we all uh that we all love um Now, we we talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, and we've already sort of hinted at it a little bit. KDA came out, and it has been a it's been a mixed conversation in terms of the community's reaction to it. I think is a a same way. Been to put
2: it. Hasn't been boring. Hasn't been boring. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm when I when I'm when I'm working, um my 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 sort of like morning ritual is to kind of wake up and uh you know just like check social media, check Reddit, and, mm-hmm. you know see what players are responding to and what the sentiments are, and that was uh you know that was not a boring more set of mornings when
0: we, <laughs> uh, when we announced that. Well, yeah, absolutely, and of course, you know, Saucy and I have been very vocal about our. Uh, appreciate our, the support. Yeah, our, our praise of KDA <laughs> uh, of it, because uh, like, I, and I, I've said this before and I'll, I'll say it again. I will play with blank cards with the, the text written on them. I will play with playtest versions of cards. I don't care. I love the lore and I love the Terra lore and the, the voice, the voices and the animations. All that is amazing. But at, at its core as a game, I will play the core game without any of that. Um, so I don't care what is added personally, but. That we, of course, want to have other opinions and voices heard on the show. So I I, I aired this before. So anyone who's heard this interview before, I'm sorry. I'm going to play it again. It's it's real short. But for anyone new and for Umbridge, I wanted to play a little um, interview I did with some people who were not as enthusiastic about the KDA effects in Runeterra. Take a listen. <laughs> okay uh yeah there's there's the bill there's the
2: game i i it's so funny because i listened to the i listened to the previous episodes that had this Uh but when you when you said like hey i interviewed somebody i for whatever reason i was like oh okay great like i'm oh you still got debated (laughs) i'm I'm legitimately interested to hear you know how you how you crystallize you know player sensing around this but um no you know it's Kitty uh, was super interesting because, um, you know, I, I think we, we actually understand very much where a lot of players are coming from mm-hmm. um, when it comes like, to the reasons they love Legends of Terra, right? Like, in in terms of the role that we play as part of, like, the, the you know, League of Legends IP ecosystem, like, we're actually the game, uh, you know, outside of, like, some of the new upcoming games like the Rune King, we're the game that actually advances the setting and mm-hmm. the relationships of the characters um so we i very much empathize with that and it's not like we're saying like no we're not going to do that you know um but like i said again like you know a lot of our new events and labs are active experiments with players Mm -hmm. to really understand what resonates what works and what doesn't um and for card experiments in particular um we make i think this is actually one of the questions um that um one of the viewers had like we work on sets two years out like we're working on a 2022 set right now and deciding like what theme should it be right and so when we when we look at it internally Mm -hmm. um and we're like hey you know would are we interested in one day looking at alt universes like that's something that we have to understand how how players would react and how we would execute Mm -hmm. like way before we actually make that
0: decision sure
2: um yeah
0: so I mean, on a, on a more serious note, I'm sorry. I'm sorry anyone who actually has legitimate concerns with Katie. I, actually, I'm, I'm kind of not that sorry, but I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I have my opinions. I have my opinions on on your opinions, but um, and I appreciate the 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 insight there. Umbridge. Uh, I What what I'm on a, on a more serious note. And this is actually serious. It's not a setup. Um. which i I could see why you might think it would be but on a on a a serious note um i mean how much does the you know the feedback on reddit and and twitter and whatnot how much does that factor in because at at, at some point yes it's it's or on the one on the one hand it's very good to know that the devs are are hearing feedback but also On the other hand if you, if the devs are listening to all of the feedback that at least that I'm seeing, I don't want what a lot of people think is a good idea to be put into the game because I see what those ideas are so i mean where how does where does that uh how, how does that sort of what what's the balance there between taking feedback and being like, "Hey, yeah. we're, we're the devs um
2: so I would say you know I've never worked on a game. Um, of the scale of Legends or Terra, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you discover very quickly when you have a really big player base is um, you're never going to bat a a, bat a thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually don't play any sports, so I'm, I'm gonna over. <laughs> I'm gonna like misuse a lot of sports. No, that was that was, sure. that was correct. That was correct. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I don't know why it's a thousand instead of a hundred, but I don't you know, know either. But somebody, it is somebody. Somebody should teach them some math. Um, <laughs> was
0: back in 1847,
2: <laughs> dugout Joe. No, okay, go on. <laughs> um, so you know. Of course, um, you know, with uh, with us being based out of um, uh, out of the out of the states, we we read Reddit a lot, we read Twitter a lot. um, We do put stock into that, but usually it's it's more like, hey, is this early? Kind of like early smoke that signals like a fire, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to. Um, oh, we really need to like take an emergency action right now. Um, and, and the challenge with that is, of course, like, and, and we run into this with our balance patches, um, due to the publishing cycle of like having to work with, um, you know, Apple Store and and on that sort of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. delay to ship mm-hmm. to players is that we both want to act as punctually as possible, um, uh, but also we don't want to, you know, overreact or act um, based on basically like a minority player sentiment. Um, so with something like KDA. You know, we'll have initial player sentiment that we see on like social media, um, not just on Reddit and Twitter, but actually um, you know around the world. Um, but the uh, things that we put more stock into are actually basically like end of event surveys that we run with bigger swaths of the player base mm. in every region. Um, that one, that's what you know gives us a little bit more of a complete picture, um, where we ask, we basically ask players like, hey, did you love this? What did you love about it specifically? What didn't you love? You know, for kda in particular we'll be asking questions um you know like the typical like hey do you like this battle pass like would you want to play more of them um do you like the you know uh, specific rewards which rewards which ones don't you love you know so if players are like yo get these cards out of here um we're, we're confident that we're asking the right questions to understand mm. where that sentiment comes up and that's what we're going to use to to gauge that right but um you know coming back to your question it's um with these small with events that are not these huge card releases it's really challenging to make something for everyone, right? And I think that's kind of the trap is um, when you're when you're releasing five cards, you know, it's not it's not a set, right? We don't have like hundred cards to work with. We can't we can't make everyone happy. Um, and so what we need to be inclined to do is understand who is this for, and for that audience, did they love it? And if so, great. And I mean, of course, there's also, you know, a a contrary question of, well, who wasn't it for? And did they light you on fire, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, in their hatred for it, right? Mm. Because, you know, we're accepting of, like, you know, polarizing um, themes, but to a degree, right? Like, that's why Timo's in the game is because he draws sharp opinion. Um, um, So, you know, in terms of a lot of takeaways, um, for us, it might be, like, um, there's of course a lot of execution, a lot of like, well, which alternate universes, you know, would players love, maybe we actually didn't go far enough in so far as like, you know, it feels kind of maybe it feels kind of half assed for players who where are some who maybe are on the fence are like, hey, I'm excited about alt universe, but you got to take me there, you know, you can't just like sure. kind of like dip your toe into it, right. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the questions that we want to ask ourselves to really understand it. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a complicated, um, it's a complicated topic. And it, it always will be every time we do some, one of these sort of smaller releases. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah and I, I think like kind of it it in it, it makes when you think of it more of like a bigger picture thing um, how you're saying like the you know these events are new right this is only the second one we've had and you're using them as a learning experience and coming from the position of this it's not just like a Legend of Runeterra itself isn't just like a quick cash grab game like you're thinking of this long term like you said this is step one of 12 it's in its infancy so you're still learning about things so it's not like this is the event this is end all be all everything is going to be just like this this is how the battle passes work like not thinking of it so narrow-minded um i think it's just a trap that a lot of players get into
2: yeah i mean and uh, you know i don't even i don't even fault players who didn't like the event um and i don't i don't think of them as narrow-minded right like it's not their job to like something that's not for them right Mm -hmm. um I, i think it's uh what what it is their job as players is to tell us what they like and don't like right and then we we are responsible for zooming stepping back and zooming out and saying like okay across the entire player base like you know um what which which decisions should we make right so Um, for, you know, for me, uh, the KD experience has been a great, um, like, you know, like back and forth with players. Um, it definitely has gotten spicier than I would like at times, but like, like I said, like, this is kind of the, this is kind of the, the, the pact that I made when I signed up for, to make a a, a card game at Riot Games is, you know, um, this back and forth with players. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's extremely, um, it's reassuring for me to hear that because I I see like, it's one thing where I can like, I can look on Twitter and I can see people making, uh, having takes that I don't agree with and that's fine. But it's like, well, how much of this is actually heard from the Mm -hmm. devs? And I think it's a really. um, Yeah. We we read all of it.
2: We we probably spend too much time.
0: (laughs) Which is good. um, But also you're taking a, a, an approach that is reasonable in terms of, how to process that feedback so that it makes me feel a lot better and not like oh god if people just whine on reddit loud enough uh then you know we're gonna be seeing everything reverted and the people on twitter are going to be designing the game um but it's i'm glad yeah. to hear
2: that that's out. i mean yeah for, i mean for better or worse you know legend terror is a global game and we have mm-hmm. to consider you know all the regions and all the yeah. responses and um, I think for KDA in particular, um, I would say that actually the, the sharpest negative response that we've seen, um, actually has been mostly on Reddit and Twitter and, and sort of NA, you know, NA side, mm-hmm. um, NAU side, but, um, yeah, uh, I think verdicts, verdicts is still out, but we're very, very, we're very much listening and talking about, you know, what's, what does that mean for us in the future?
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh. Well, I I can give you my personal feedback of I've really enjoyed the event. I bought all of the cosmetics and I snap equipped the KDA board for all of my decks. So uh, there there, there you go. Um, So this is a question that maybe I mean if you can't answer it, that's fine. Um, But it's something that I've been wondering coming from uh, a Magic the Gathering background. And it's something that a lot of other... Mm mtg folks uh that i've talked with have have wondered i know saucy we've talked about this too um one thing about magic that is great is that you can read a card and it reads out very literally and very you know essentially with a few um exceptions um uh hashtag layers um you know exactly very, what the card's very, are gonna do. Very, yeah.
2: Technically technically well written. Yeah.
0: Is there anything any thoughts of like a master rule book, like the MTG comprehensive rules, like on the back end, or like a clarification of wording to on cards to like know more succinctly, like it like am I gonna get last breath effects for something like 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 that sort of like clarification, I guess?
2: Yeah, um candidly we don't have we don't have any uh plans to do a public comprehensive rules doc right now mm-hmm. um I think w- when it comes to like the complexity of our game of course I agree that like our games hell hella complicated um, as-, as is magic but yeah. like you're saying magic is really well written technically um some of the reason that they, ha- they they need to do that of course is because they're a paper paper game you know right. um and so you kind of have to know in the moment you know when it's you staring across um you know the kitchen table like hey how, how-, how does this play out like you yeah. don't really have an adjudicator right um, you don't really have a computer that can play it out for you. Um, I think that when I think of the complexity of our game, I, I can see it kind of going two directions. One would basically be um, we resolve enough of the, um, you know, interactions to get to a point where most players, at least after it's happened, kind of mm-hmm. shrug their shoulders and say like, okay, that's pretty intuitive. Like now now that, um, you know, now that I've seen it play out once. Um, or we can go you know, the like, no, nah, we're just, it's just going to remain completely, you know, obtuse and we're going to release like something like a comprehensive rulebook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in that in that framing, comprehensive rulebook almost feels like a fail state to me, you know, where it's sure. like our game is so complicated that you need, you know, a a, a, manual, to, a manual to play it. I'm yeah. like, that's not a great outcome, you know, yeah. um, particularly if we're trying to like reach new players and, you know, continue to be a welcoming, a reasonably welcoming, welcoming game in terms of new players joining, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think when I, when I see questions like that, I hear it more as, hey, your game has a lot of interactions that are completely unintuitive. Like, fix that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, like, sure. explain explain how it works, you know?
0: Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... It's the type of thing where, like, now... And I'm biased, obviously, because I watch so much and play so much. So it's like, well, yeah, of course I know that this happens. And, like, yeah, Garen's judgment won't work here. It will. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, and, and I guess... You know, a lot of people still ask those questions for magic anyway, so maybe it won't help one way or the other. People still don't know it, how cards work. It's, it's
2: super interesting because I think, um, you know, we were really optimistic about Oracle's eye pre-answering a lot of those questions. Yes. You know? um, and, and I think it actually does. But so many interactions basically happen off off the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start a, start around, end of round procedures yeah. are good examples of that. Burst, of course. Um uh, slow, slow. I think it, you know gets addressed well. Timo, yeah, Timo just blanks out the opponent. <laughs> I, I love how I love how Timo, Timo's secret power comes in the fact that it turns your opponent's eye off, so that they can't. <laughs> so that now they have to do
1: math again. Yep, that's why I play so
0: much Timo. Timo <laughs> forcing oh, opponent your opponent, do opponent to play math. <laughs> ah, math.
1: I can't count to seven. <laughs>
0: Um, I, I will say that the Oracle Eye might—I mean, Legends of Runeterra does a lot of amazing things, but the Oracle Eye might be my favorite feature. Period in Legends of Runeterra, just it—that's good, man. It's it, good to hear because we paid yeah. our, our
2: engineers killed themselves to get that feature working to the degree that did. Well, they.
0: Yeah, their sacrifice is not in vain because it is fantastic. Um, I feel like like it was like
2: every quarter, uh, somebody from engineering would be like, are you sure you want this? And we'd be like, yeah. (laughs) still Still want it, boss. And they're like... They would just, you know, yeah. kind of just shrug, and shrug, oh, and, and okay. you know, block away. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, like a it's a technically or- really complex feature. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oracle's I when when the game was, like, brand new, I'm like, this is my favorite streamer tool in the game because yeah. I don't have to do math. I can just, like, look at it real quick. Yep, that seems good. Commit my attack and go back to talking to chat. Like, yeah. where the magic You'd like, focused the entire time.
0: Oh, yep. yeah. I mean, and you go and you play other games, and it's like, oh, man, there's no eye here. <laughs> 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 You're, uh, really, really yeah. pushing the I end mean, I think, like, you know,
2: we joke about doing math, but, like, I think w- with with most typical card games, like, doing math is, like, unavoidable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make it easy or you can make it hard, um, yeah. you know, versus the, you know, the Marvel card game made it hard because it was like, you know, you're used to 20, what if we go to 50? And what <laughs> if everything has trample damage? And you're yep. just like, oh, God. Um, and so, you know... I think, yeah, Oracle's Eye is really us is really a, 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 our attempt to say, like, hey, we'd love to have players play at the strategy layer more mm-hmm. and less at the, like, let me count on my fingers, right. you know, before I can access that part of the gameplay.
0: Yep. I mean, I, I think you knocked it out of the park um, to use more baseball references. Well, this is a baseball um, podcast. Too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. This We're this two for good. two, batting 1,000 at the top of the fourth inning. Okay, sorry. Um so I actually in in the spirit of the Oracle's eye, one thing I've been personally wondering, and I didn't put this on here, so I'm sorry, I'm I'm hitting you with a zinger. Um and feel free not to answer it if you can't. But um one thing I've wanted to see is like I wanna see not necessarily like the oh we we see cards that are public information in players' hands, right? Like if uh mm-hmm. but I wanna see like Oh, they have a celestial card in their hand that's generated. Like, even if it's just like a little, like a little bit of dust or something, is is that something that is purposely not in the game? Where it's like, okay, we want you to have to. We kind of yeah. want that shrouded, or is it just a, a feature? There's, that hasn't come there's
2: definitely a delicate line there. Insofar as, um, you know, when we when when we within design talk about um, the complexity of the game mm-hmm. uh, and, and what things create complexity in terms of like making the game manageable to play in the moment. Um, face up cards in the opponent's hand is actually one of the big no no areas that we try to be very careful about. Okay. In particular, um, face up cards that can be played at burst or fast speed because it just it just slows down turns immensely when your opponent feels mm-hmm. basically compelled to do math like at every possible moment. You sure. Know? Um, and. Um, so we, you know, it's it's something that we want to be very cautious of and protective of, kind of like sure. for the, the the general good of players, sure. because we we you know we want to make the game make sure the game is moving at a reasonable pace. Um, something something like what you mentioned though, like I, I could see that being in the within the realm of like, hey, this is like a you know uh, almost like an Easter egg reminder, as opposed mm-hmm. to like you feel compelled to play around it all the time, right? right? Um, and so with that, it's, usually, it's much more going to be around like the sort of like just like economy of, well, how many of effects are we going to have that create different right. things in the you know, opponent's hand and like which ones really merit that communication, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, uh, yeah, right now, I, I think we've fallen short of concluding, you know, outside of the ones that are, of course, purely face up and, sure. and purely face down, yep. finding the ones that we we're like, oh, this is worthy of, of that, you mm-hmm. know, no, no, uh, notification, particularly if you play on mobile. Like, your opponent's hand is, like, miniature, right? True, um, yeah, true. So um, that's one of the things that we need to be conscientious of, this too, is, like, hey, we don't want to... We're not excited to create, basically, like, you know, gameplay advantages on different platforms. True. Um, so so that, those are some of the examples of what we have to keep
0: in mind. I'm just mad because today I couldn't remember if they had a Celestial card or not in their hand. Another Celestial no. card. So I used my Atrocity on my Trundle to kill... Their celestial in play to ch- and uh, it back- Oh, in case they had like a behold celestial. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they still had Dude, it. That's
2: next level play right there.
0: Yeah, well, it was it was next next level. Meaning, I went back to zero because they did have another celestial, in the <laughs> hand, and then I got
1: completely,
0: <laughs> I completely blew myself out. But it was my own fault. No, the
1: misplay because. I just now learned atrocity can target things other than the nexus. That's I don't know. <laughs>
0: true. I don't know that that was that was my that was my downfall. Always hit face. Always hit face. I probably misplayed before that anyway. So putting myself in Not that position, chance. but um, cheated. so we've got a decent number of uh, uh of listener questions. But Saucy, I know there's a couple uh on here that we from our original list that we want to ask
1: the listener question ones or
0: they read the is are there any other basically are there any other ones that we wrote down that we want to answer before we go into listener questions
1: oh yeah i think i think one big thing is you know it, uh, you're coming from riot games making this right and you're always have that league of legends competitive scene um people are going to compare it to it's like it's riot Games, so it's going to be a huge esports games and i think something we get asked all the time and something i'd be curious about is how do you see the esports scene like compared uh playing coming into the game itself like something like as big of league of legends something more like hearthstone something smaller like how important do you see competitive play being in this game
2: yeah um that's such an interesting perspective um, insofar as like as a as a writer um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know you could I, I think you quickly learn that your perspective of like what the company is to you as a as a developer is so different than you know how players view it insofar as like if you were to ask me like hey what does riot games try to make um i'd be like we try to make the best games for the players that play those games mm-hmm. um and uh, and so i think if you know if the demand for any of our games was we want a huge esports scene and we think we could kick that off and have it be, you know, um, self-sustaining to a degree, then, like, that's the direction we would go, right? Um, uh, When I think about that question with respect to the of and Terra, um, I think one of the things that we've been delighted at is actually um, a lot of the community tournaments and competitions that, um, you know, that have sprung up here and there. Um, And when we think about esports, one of the risks that we think about is is actually less so sustainability um, and more so, like, Hey, do we want? Um, if we do that, there's a risk of it basically just destroying a lot of the grassroots community, you know, tournaments and things like that. Um, th- maybe that's great if we could just hire all the people that run those things, <laughs> but in practice, you know, um, I think one of the big questions for us is actually what might a um, competitive ecosystem look like that is more grassroots and inclusive of. A lot of the insane effort and um, you know high quality experiences that that we think like our community is, is like throwing out there, right? Um, and, like in many ways, uh, I I don't, I don't play a lot of fighting games myself, but it, it feels a lot more almost like a fighting game community thing where it's like you know we, the game ecosystem is made by you know, us, the players, as opposed to just, like, purely hosted by, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Riot Games. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, We actually have um, a central eSports org um, that is um, aimed at basically supporting all of the games, all of uh, Riot's games, uh, new games, when it comes to eSports. So we haven't finalized or committed to anything in particular, but, like, that's an example of, like, one of the questions about, like, when we say we want to be player-focused and we want to make something for the players of this game, we we are starting from a starting point of not assuming we should just make it look like how one of our other games looks like just because that happens to be a Riot game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, while there is a huge overlap between uh, Legends of Runeterra players and TFT players and League players, we think you know there isn't the, the, what what people get from different the different games and what they expect is actually different, right? Like they're not mm-hmm. the same game. Yeah. Um, so we we want to be really sensitive to and understanding like. You know, why do people love this game? What do they like about the community? How do we make that better? Not how do we just like show up and like try to replace everything with like our best ideas, right? Yeah.
1: So we have some we have some very important questions True. that that we have this is the the rest of the show we can throw out. I need to know I haven't even what, been is, recording. Your favorite, what is your favorite Guardian? Um
2: before this patch Bluetooth. Um Okay. Is uh, so, I'm a, I'm a shark chair guy, like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. for uh, till, till, till ride till I die or whatever. <laughs> um, the this patch, but my but my second favorite is powder monkey. Um, and okay. so the KDA powder monkey, you know, that's a big I got a big choice because I, I'm like, I, I'm only gonna rock that if I get the KDA board, and I haven't actually bought the KDA board yet, I've only bought the paddle pass, so it's a big uh, it's a big inflection point in my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> you know? that's true.
0: I just unlocked the powder, the uh, KDA Powder Monkey today. Oh, you're way, way, ahead of me. I've been playing a degenerate amount. Um, right on a lot. I've been This is my this is my week time. where I'm going to turn the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. um,
1: I, I, I'd say that's an acceptable one, though. So oh, definitely. It's going to show. yeah, yeah. yeah it, I'm
0: well, just glad. I assume, glad it's I assume that.
2: based on that answer, it, that's not your guy's favorite Guardians. So what are your favorite Guardians?
1: Well, yeah, what is yours right now, Blevins?
0: Um, so I, I always, I'm like. I'm the true whale where I'll like I'll rock whatever the newest one is uh, when okay, it comes okay. out because I'm again degenerate and I buy all the stuff. Uh, um, that's
2: that's a that's a not uncommon player behavior. <laughs> I, can, I can say having looked at the data. Yeah.
0: But a- at the end of the day, it's uh it's either Cosmo, which is which is op, yep. um Cosmos or or Nightshade Gromp. Nightshade Gromp is my, oh, my okay. home. I love Nightshade wow. Grump. That's um, that's monstrous.
2: <laughs> I can say I can say you are not in the majority.
0: <laughs> hey, the Nightshade Gromp homies uh rise up, but I also it's
2: Exclusive isn't an exclusive club. It on. is. It is.
0: Yeah. Um th- there's actually been a, a like a like a small number of tournament players that have been rocking the Nightshade Gromp. and I always right. bring it up when I see them. Um but w- another thing that I've I've recently been seeing and we've only now started getting there with the the number of boards and guardians is like Cool combinations of boards and guardians. We're like, I don't like the, um, and I'm I'm sorry because I I believe that this card is named after you, the Von Yip, the Von Yip cat. I hate that cat. I'm sorry, I I I I hate hate the cat. It's the most annoying noise. I don't like cats in general. It's the most annoying noise. But the Von Yip cat plus the the Halloween board. Now that that gets mm. a thumbs up because that is a, mm-hmm. a creative. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that was yeah, Kavira yeah. that. Halloween, that Halloween I board is sick. Halloween yeah. board is sick though. I'm a little. I'm a little. um done with the music for it. I'm on KDA yeah. now. I need KDA music mm-hmm. in my life. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm a. So I'm a big. I c- I could get rid of all the other guardians. I have my in-game guardian. I'm set. It's Infernal Drake.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, really? So, yeah. Okay. It,
1: by so I'm. Oh, because you're dragon. You're a dragon, you're a dragon Yeah. Exactly, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm an Umbra main in TFT, and mm-hmm. I think I tweet it. Wait, uh, you guys more talking dog, about like Chonk or whatever? Yes! Oh there, my God, like, yeah, give chunk. us
0: Chunk! Give what so I want if you put Chonk in for a hundred dollars, I will buy it. I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just putting I it out there. Plushie. You.
1: <laughs> I want a plushie. I want an Infernal Drake or Umbra push, plushie. They're like the same character, and <laughs> I think I tweet it more dog like once a week, asking for a plushie for. Does he uh, reply to you? <laughs>
2: no. I can poke. I can poke. I can poke him and and see. I, I that, dude, that dude's never not on Twitter. So you know oh, he's not. Yeah. This is a disappointing thing yeah I, know, I
0: mean I no
1: he's a he's a fan of Umbra as well so yes I
0: love I love Mort uh, Mort like yourself was very responsive uh, and it took forever to go through the red tape to get him on the show but he did eventually yeah. come on in I an it. act of defiance much like you not on this show obviously because this isn't a TFT mm-hmm. show but I, I do have a TFT show as well um, yeah Mort is good people love Mort um, yes put put Chonk in as a guardian in LOR and...
2: oh, I don't know man crossover, the crossover precedent is, it was, it's it was, true people yeah. He, uh,
0: we hate crossovers with my my Yeah, I'm sorry. Sean I get to be toxic. To I can be toxic on my own show. That's true. Uh, true. I don't. I don't have. Uh, maybe maybe Riot will yell at me. Okay. Um. We are. Uh. Oh boy. We are quickly running out of time here. Um. So we 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 did we did uh, cover a lot of the questions. Um. That were sort of like passively answered a lot of these questions in uh, uh the listener questions, but. Um we'll we'll go through this one and we can kind of rapid fire these ones if we want. Um Sorry. so old man Sands asked uh are you satisfied with this new two month mini expansion approach um for new card release as it's been executed so far? Um and if not, uh have you thought of any ways to uh iterate on it?
2: Yeah, um so I think there's a couple ways I can answer that question. I would say from compared to like a baseline of um you know bigger releases slower like every four months or six months um i at least as a player i i I definitely prefer this one and i think in general we've seen really positive response Mm. um to our two-month format um i think like like we chat about with kda one of the challenges when we do this sort of like set split is um when the drops are that size it's harder to get something for everyone into each of the sets right like when you drop you know 110 cards like there's, it's a huge hype moment and, you know, kind of everyone can, like, latch on to, like, a favorite champion or archetype that they're really excited to see. Whereas when it's, um, you know, just, like, three champs, um, you know, usually it's uh, an archetype, uh, you know, that uses two of the champs and then, uh, and then sort of, like, an outlier champ that maybe completes an archetype that was kind of split before. Like, is um, mm-hmm. a good example, right? Um, and that's a little bit more challenging because I think that's really that release becomes for you know, two audiences or one and a half mm-hmm. audiences, Right. Um, and so I think when we look forward to, um, content releases in, in next year and the year after it's less about, you know, Hey, should we continue to release content that quickly? I, I, I think if, if anything, the answer is we should find ways to make content releases even more frequently. The challenge is how do we make sure those content releases are impactful and exciting for as mm-hmm. broad of, um, the, uh, the players as
0: possible. You know, uh, That's a great answer. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about them uh i I think it's uh i've definitely seen the mixed bag and i'm Mm -hmm. personally i mean i always like new stuff and i actually like the small i like the smaller amount i'm not like it you don't need to put a lot of cards in to make a big impact on the meta i mean kda has Mm -hmm. already like shaken up it's already revived spooky karma in a lot of ways and i think there's a lot of other decks that people haven't even uh haven't even explored um just from five cards feel the rush timo absolutely yeah. and and once people unlock the um oh god i i don't i don't even know the name of the card the the p and z one i mean who knows what could happen we i mean cosign joe put out um act literal scout timo scout emusives timo he he uh he posted a picture of which is awesome. Um. Sweet. So I like this
1: question from Nick Kev. Yes. They ask: Are there plans for more alternatives to what shards can be spent on?
0: Y'all got a lot of shards. I have a lot.
2: I'll I'll leave it at that. And (laughs) and uh, you know, I would. So there's there's kind of two points of view, right? With with um shards, like one, um, you know, we set out to I think break some of the stereotypes of card games when we made Legends or Terra, and a big one was um the access that players felt to cards. And I think we did that across a bunch of dimensions. One was just like the agency that you you could use to select cards, right? That's why we have wild cards, where we have shards. Why you don't need like you know dust um, mm-hmm. to you know you don't need to grind up your your you know your actual collection to um, <laughs> you know, to, to be able to buy the singles you want. Um, but a lot of it was just rate, right? Like we just get we just rain cards on players. True. Um, that's not that's not anything we're interested in changing, but we do think like you know some amount of card chase is is actually great. Um, and for players that play religiously, like there is no card chase. It's like the set, you know, the set comes out, and you're like, I got the whole, whole yeah. I got the whole thing, right? Um, and so uh, I think there's a lot of ways in which we could pursue, uh, address that. One would just be coming out with more cards, right? So you'd feel more compelled, um, you know, to spend some of your shards. Um, but uh, other alternatives could include, like, okay, what else can we do with shards, right? So that's definitely an active conversation that we're having. Not that, not uh, candidly, they're like not mega high mm-hmm. on the priority list, right? Yeah. Um, Think more about we should do slash nice to have, um, but it's definitely something that we keep an eye on.
0: Sure. Do you know? Do you know what the highest number of shards is that See, someone has? Uh, I could I could look it up. It's
2: it's something mean? it's
0: something like
2: I, 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 we the the we started talking about it in terms of how many years of content they could buy it already. <laughs> you know? So like we're, it's like, that's, we're pretty far out, you know? Okay. Like, cause that, I'm like
0: dude, spending, a, spending a dollar in our game. For yeah. whatever. Well, right, on card. I like the thing I'm, I'm, I mean, I, maybe I'm not high up there, but I also kind of cheated cause I did the saucy and I did the creator event. So we got a bunch of mm. wild cards. So I've just been accumulating yeah. shards for a while, but I mean, I've got, I think I'm almost at 230 K which is jammer
1: on there. It's
0: pretty like oh the top top dog has 5 million shards. <laughs>
2: I'm, I mean I am going to check I'm going to have to check now. No, uh, I'll, no. te- I'll text you guys. I'll Ooh. text you guys I'll be like you're, uh, the, you're, the, you're the you're the bottom 23. Yeah, them, literally everyone has more shards than you, and we're
0: giving everyone your number of shards so you're literally last place. Um oh, no, dang yeah.
1: it. it. it's it's like some For enough shards, I think you should be able to buy a coffee date with Umbridge, I think is on the plans. I don't know if I read that in a patch notes. The the socially
2: distanced COVID times coffee date? I mean, that's (laughs) a... That's
1: a that's a pricey
2: one. I
0: don't know, yeah, so, yeah. You, you, saucy. You don't know how many shards it costs to get Umbridge on this podcast. I'm still going to be paying those off. <laughs> oh, so you're out. I mean,
1: I'm out. I, I'm back out. Yeah, yeah, I you're spent out. them all. You I spent to, them all. For and you the... had to give up your you had to give up your actual cards themselves, so you're out of the game. Yeah, I, I
0: literally be, had
2: to. In, in, we could do some like in-game shard auction,
1: Ooh, you know, some kind yeah. of.
2: Private auction. One of my buddies in college used to play this uh, this mud, uh, like a text based mud game. I don't uh. know if you guys know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, aging, aging, myself, aging myself right out of our player base once again. <laughs> um, but great- like every two months, they would basically run, you know, like basically like a whales only, you mm-hmm. know, auction deals, uh, with all these like uh, basically handcrafted you know, game develop like the game developers would basically make like, you know, half a dozen items that were like handcrafted, um, and then go for just absurd, you know, amounts of uh their in-game currency. So I
0: mean I would love
2: that as a player. I'm not saying we're doing that. We're probably not because that doesn't sound very player focused, but <laughs> yeah, at <I don't>... all. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I if would, you're doing
0: physical cards uh only in-game shard auction, uh I'm gonna end the podcast right now so I can keep grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be really cool. Um I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Um, Okay, so we've got a few more here. Um, I'm going to combine these two. So one is from LOR Santupe, uh, and shout-outs to Santupe because they literally know the stuff that I'm doing in LOR better than I do. Um, They tweet every single tournament that happens, it is happening, or has happened. Um, So shout-outs to them. But they asked, um, is there a plan to add Master in other regions or to break down um maybe some of the regions that,
2: that... I, I, when they say master are they referring to like the eu masters tournament i think
0: they're referring to the rank of master so I, my guess just based on who this is 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 there going to be like a south america region for master versus just Uh-oh. the greater na and breaking yeah. that down more is my guess um that question that's,
2: that's definitely a conversation what we're, we're having but I, I would say in many ways like we're you know so with the seasonal tournaments coming up right we mm-hmm. announced that there's going to be basically 4000 player 1024 player tournaments um one for each of basically the major shards um i think our internal conversations are actually much more like how do we get that right number one like sure. the world how do we get a, a world champion you know um as opposed to kind of how do we create more um more different shards mm-hmm. um but i would say like if i'm if i'm guessing like if I'm, if I'm interpreting their question correctly, um, if their question is like, Hey, are you going to find a way to get more small scale kind of like always available tournaments and, and mm-hmm. competition into the game? Um, that's definitely something we're looking into next year. It just may not come in the same exact form as seasonal tournaments.
0: Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Cep- Cephalopod in chat is mentioning this. Um, and he's a, a tournament player. So I got I got and he's also a nightshade grump gang, by the way. Um, but he um, said he, he wanted matters. to give his feedback that, uh, single elimination was not the format that people wanted for the, the that's
2: that's fair um for our first seasonal tournament um you know of course again a lot of it is like you know we're gonna we're gonna try some try some stuff out and see sure. what resonates with players um uh, of course we have best best two of three you know we have a lot of different formats already out mm-hmm. right that you know that players have, um, are trying to qualify with um with Collins right now um some of the challenge there is just like we're intent, we were um, in working with publishing. Like, we were trying to figure out, like, what's the duration of event that our players, that a thousand that players are even excited yeah, about right. engaging in, you know? Um, right now, the answer is like, you know, five out, five rounds, five hours, or whatever. That's that's a lot. Um, yeah. Maybe we discover it's not a lot, right? Because players are like, yo, I, I played this game relentlessly for two months to qualify. Like, I'll mm. play for three days straight if you give right. me the caffeine pills or whatever, right? Like, we'll <laughs> find out. We'll find out together, you know? But like, yeah. Um, I, I have opinions about people playing playing a game so much until they die. Uh, um, I've I, I probably made some comments that uh, can't can't bear repeating with publishing around like no 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 uh, no marketing is bad marketing, which they staunchly disagree with. But um, <laughs> you no, know, we're like we're gonna iterate that we're gonna iterate that shit right. Um, yeah. yeah. I you know like playing growing up playing physical card games like I'm used to like the eleven eleven round day ones you know. Yeah. Like, I'm used I'm used to people basically passing out because they couldn't get a slice of yep. pizza in their yep. mouth. So um, you know, if players if, if we if, if players give us a signal that they want that, it's like cool. We can we can probably talk about that, right? Um sure. but for the first one, a lot of it was like, you know, we already think we're really upticking the the gravity and the um you know the commitment that players have to make to to really enjoy this tournament. So cool. we're gonna see how it goes. And if if we need to go even more
0: hardcore, like we're gonna have that conversation. Makes sense. Okay. So don't lose. <laughs> just just don't lose forehead yeah uh, <laughs> uh we here at riot games would like to say that we do not necessarily endorse what is said on this podcast uh okay you had to get that Thank disclaimer you. in there there you go Strong Yeah. <laughs> uh, umbridge is on vacation therefore his words do not matter okay yeah. um okay saucy i think we've got time i've got one last one that i want to ask um but saucy is there another is there w- maybe one more listener question that you wanted to uh to hit here I'm sorry, everyone who who uh, who submitted questions that we couldn't get to. We uh, answered most We did answer like, at least passively easy. a lot of these. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but
1: what we didn't, what we didn't find out, uh, what is your? I'm going to say top three and bottom three favorite and least favorite cards, for whatever reason.
2: That's so many cards that I still remember it's off t- the top. Number
1: <laughs> one, number one, and number last. And why is it so?
2: So Yasuo probably is closer to my bottom three than my top three. Perfect. Um, That's
1: all I need. Uh, move on. So yeah, like,
2: uh, and there, and so the reason why, I, and when I say that, it's mostly I'm answering from a designer point of view, um, where there are basically a bunch of champs that I think are really resident and popular, like should be popular, right? Like mm-hmm. Yasuo is like, you know, he's like more popular than the next like 20 most popular League of Legends <laughs> champions or something. So like every, basically like every every meta should be the Yasuo meta in terms of the popularity of the concept, sure. right? Sure, yeah. Um, but thank God he's not, because the des- I think the design of that card, were it really top tier, um, is really frustrating to play against. Yeah. And in particular, if you're new to the game, like you, I think a lot of newer newer to the game players are going to come out of a game against Yasuo and be like, I couldn't do anything ever, basically. Um, Where it's like when that yeah. deck sings, you're just like, I didn't get to play Legends of Runeterra, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we can address. I think that's something that like um, more interactive tools like Bastion actually can help you know, uh, address, mm-hmm. um, uh, notify, uh, you know, as well. Um, so when we get more tools, I think that, uh, enables us to explore, um, the viability and strength as a power level of some of these more spicy, like basically like non, not, not non-interactive, but like hyper, yeah. hyper like jerk decks basically is what, yeah. you know, what we call them internally. Blue decks, um, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, to sort of contrast that, um, one of my favorite ch- um uh, cards um and I've always I think I've always said this is actually Zed, insofar as um, you know, I think in, if you look at those characters um in League of Legends, both of them kind of like have um, you know, degrees of like pretty toxic histories or histories where like people just hated playing against them, mm-hmm. you know. Um despite them being high skill ceiling champions. Um but I think Zed in our game actually um you know found a way to to really hit that champion resonance without being just like this like jerk deck, right? Like he's not yeah. like on paper you'd expect him to be an assassin right you'd expect him mm-hmm. to be like more like you're sorry where he's just got challenger quick strike yeah. and overwhelmed too because fuck you you know yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> um and and he you know so he finds a different way to feel like the champion um and like to me that's like that's the constant challenge with like legends of Rentera um champion designs and card designs is finding something that resonates with um, you know, a, a League of Legends champion base where like half of, you know, the champion's kits are all about like blowing you up <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why the job's never boring. Um, so in terms of, so that, I guess that's like one in each uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of other ones, let's see. Um, I really like uh, Elise. Um, I think Elise is another example of a champion that really gets there mm-hmm. and um feels like she's always like a live pick in metas you know sure. um uh let's see i'm gonna i'm trying to find like a one i don't love um i i uh, i know there's like a dozen because my de- my designers would be able to answer this for me because like every other morning i'm like them. i'm like who designed this um <laughs> who was responsible on the top, the top of my head i can't I, I can't actually remember uh many of them probably much to their delight um uh I really like Twisted Fate actually. Yeah. Um, he's another one of my uh you know top champs. So I think it really hits resonance um and it really hits like a playstyle that I think um if you play you know twisted fade in league, um, you know, really hits that mark where he's got like a degree of like flexibility and like high agency, you know, that's really satisfying. Um we got him throwing cards, you know, which I think uh, yeah. if you know if we if we whiffed on that one, we we probably should, all should have gotten fired. So <laughs> but uh, glad that we got there.
1: Yeah. Um good for your job at least yeah yeah i'll
2: i'll I'll think about i'll I'll try to think about some of the other ones that i I like less yeah no we
0: got
1: yasuo and that's all
0: yeah we got that we got the yasuo dig that's all that's all saucy was that's all i
1: needed and now that i'm just gonna every night before i go to bed just reaffirm myself and my feelings (laughs) from that clip like oh perfect i'm I'm not insane well
0: how how about because this is a hot this is a hotly talked about one where where does lee sin fall on your on your radar in terms of well-designed do you like his play style what do you what are you thinking about leeson um
2: from like a design point of view i really enjoy leeson i think his um his his level one side and his level clause um you know, our, our kind of intent to to really kind of hit that like frenetic like multi ability like kind of like ability spam, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, play pattern that he has in in league where he's almost like you know almost like acting too quick, too quick for you to see uh, before and too quickly before you can respond.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I think similar to um, similar to champions like Yasuo, like uh, I think particularly if you're a new player, it can feel and you don't understand like some of the interactions with his level two kick um it can feel often like there was nothing i could do right mm-hmm. um uh, and so i think that um you know one of the challenges with the level one level two design paradigm with uh, legendary terror is we you know my my preference um in terms of design taste is that um you know a player basically spends some amount of time in the level one side and some amount of time in the level two side right um because that that kind of gets that like you know transformation like power mm-hmm. of fantasy um and some of the challenge with the champs that uh, are reliably easy to level up is that they just show up and he's level two and it's like yep. you know maybe that maybe we can say like yo he was in the jungle the whole time right <laughs> but, um, but like that's one of those yeah. challenges where you know i think once we went down that path of like we have deck level up quests then from like a reliability perspective those champions kind of uh, immediately became like the ones that are more reliable dependable and therefore mm-hmm. the ones that you could really your strategy around, um, and and Lee is is one of the most dangerous ones when it comes to that, right? Yeah. Because like his level two can often be like the game is over now. Um, so yeah, I, I from a design point of view, I I would say I like him a lot. He probably he, he maybe feels a little bit too complete if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Insofar as um you know, uh, I think he often po- he obviously points to like this like you know um, Voltron combo strategy yeah um but like along the way he can also just remove all your opponent's stuff um if he uh, if he's well protected so um maybe a little bit too complete in in retrospect sure. but uh, you know if I was to pick a champion to be uh highly resonant and and you know highly played Lee Sin would actually probably be uh, pretty high up there um versus you know maybe like a fizz or somewhere sure. else so um
0: yeah cool yeah I mean I I love Lee Sin, Um but again I'm also degenerate and I love combo and all that. But um, okay. So I've got one quick one and then we'll end on a, a more higher level one. Um, this one's from Cosign Joe. And he asked, who is the target market for used cask salesmen? I mean, who is buying used casks? Do you mean, does he mean
2: target player, or does he mean like in the lore of what
0: In the lore, you know? I think he means it's in the lore. lore. It's gotta, it's gotta be. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, Alex Lee, who is like the the designer of, of Rising Tides, um, would be better to answer this because sure. I think we we spent an unreasonable amount of time trying to get powder kegs and use casts to be like the same deck. You okay. know, we were like, I don't know, for whatever reason, we were like, yo, we should make it a mobile like a mobile objects, God <laughs> deck. And yeah. like I love that. Um, that was not, that's not correct. And I'm glad we didn't go there. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, build, you know, bilge water merchants and, uh, you know, uh, gangplank people play, you know, sure. uh, champions and characters that, uh, you know, like they're, 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 they're okay with something a little use, something a yeah. little bit rough and tumble. It's going to be on the high seas. So, you know, no big deal if it's banged up. Right. Sure. Um, and if it blows up and you know sinks your boat like whatever we got another
0: boat we'll steal another boat. <laughs> we got more boats love it
1: yeah we always have more boats
0: love it oh you've always got more boats gangplank 2021 um that is now lore by the way everyone can complain uh okay. at riot umbridge on twitter uh just kidding don't do that um okay last question here and take this one however you want uh we'll we'll sort of end on this one um what do you see or where do you see legends of runeterra in five years oh man yeah The
2: it's funny you mentioned that um you know one of the reasons i'm on vacation this week is because um the team basically just spent uh, a really intense planning period to plan out all, all our next year um so uh next year you know parts of 2022 like kind of already in the books um but like we said at the start of this show um, in many ways, I think this is this is a great uh, question to end it. Is like we're to me we're on like step one and a half of like a ten step plan. You know, um, like there are so many things that I think um, we can bring. There's so many places we can bring this game um, that are not not even necessarily novel, but I think would be novel to digital card games. Right, where like for many of us who grew up playing physical card games, like we're used to card games being a social experience. Like despite card games being a one on one game. Um, you know when you play on paper like you you got to make a friend or at least somebody that tolerates you to right. have an opponent right um oh. <laughs> um so i think when i when i think about the game in 5 years like one of the areas that i'm really excited to bring the game is um making the game a, like a social game right mm-hmm. where right now it's really like a game like the community and you know i think why um why we all love like the tournaments and these shows is because like that's where we get our um you know sense of community from right now um, but i would love to bring that into the game um, on the on the contrast on the on the side con- contrasting that like we're fundamentally still a turn-based game and one mm-hmm. of the strengths of a turn-based game is that you can play it at your own pace mm-hmm. if it's a single-player experience um and so you know we, we want to be really um you know accommodating to that and mm-hmm. that's like and having more compelling single-player experiences is actually one of the ways in which we could um make the game welcoming to uh new players um, and then uh, one of the things that I, I think, uh, uh, like the, the sort of like, I guess, you know, step, step five of five, if you mm-hmm. want to call it, um, for me, like, the reason why I think Legends of Terra is only beginning is because there's always, to me, there's always been two halves to what makes a great card game. One is having this huge foundation of like thousands and thousands of cards. And then the other is actually having a bunch of really awesome formats that are a ton of fun to play and you, when you have both of those that's when you have basically like it's card games are not like a game card games are like a platform mm-hmm. right where um you know like we were talking about you know cube um and commander before this like to me ma- to me that's like some of the magic of magic um yeah. is uh you know it's it's the game you want it to be and it could be any number of games right um so to me the idea of legend of Her as a platform uh, and potentially a platform that digitally um scales and lets players find like new formats for us you know and for the community like to me that's like super fucking exciting um and uh those are the sort of conversations that um you know we have when we when we you know uh kick back at the end of a long week and talk about like you know where's this game gonna be Mm -hmm. in five ten years
0: well i mean i don't know about you saucy but that is some really great just a great piece to think on and sink our teeth into as we uh as we round this out yeah well, uh Umbridge, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh I know uh it's been a long time coming, but I think it w- I think it was worth the wait. I, I had a great time uh really appreciate it I'll, I'll
2: see our next election day you know yeah, yeah, yeah oh no yeah.
0: Oh, i don't want it to be that long maybe well, we're why, one that's we're...
1: why I said next five years like, yeah we can, yeah. Check, in, we can check in on my
2: five-year predictions yeah, like, yeah. well we can chat. i think we can you're lock 80, that in you're 80
0: percent through your five-year
2: term yeah. how uh, how would you say that uh, your term has played out yeah.
0: we need that's more team okay i'm not doing not doing yeah. those thank uh you. thank you <laughs>
2: Um, I I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It um yeah, we'll definitely we're going to have to make it happen again before the end of next year.
0: Yeah. For sure. We'll 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 have to have a we'll have a check-in for sure. Is there anything that you want to uh shout out or anything you want to plug uh before we go?
2: Um no, I don't want to. I mean, I don't need to plug anything. Y'all uh, play play the shit out of my game, and I love <laughs> you for it. And uh, everyone listening to this probably does too. Or otherwise, like, wh- how did you find us? Uh, <laughs> um, great. So, question. no no plugs necessary. Um, I would say, uh, you know, on the KDA stuff, and as we come out with more uh, seasonal tournaments, and um, you know, the the last of Targon, um, before we announce our next region, like, just keep the feedback coming. We love it. Um, you know, constructive is definitely better than you know, I'm gonna quit the game because if you're gonna quit the game, like. That's cool too. We 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 will we, we'll stop listening to you. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no plugs there. Just uh, you know, really appreciate what y'all have done for the community. Um, and of course, uh, love the community um as well. Um, there was one question I did want to answer.
0: Oh yes, absolutely,
2: uh, absolutely. I think it was uh, and so you can check this. On, check me on this. It was the thousand. T- I think it was thousand Timos that is. Uh, oh yes, a thousand a Nautili, or that are Timo
1: side. Yeah. It was from Wampa asked, would you rather fight one Nautilus-sized Teemo or a hundred Teemo-sized Nautiluses?
0: Ooh, great question. And so, they, like,
1: it, not a lie, right? Is it be yeah, Nautilus?
0: I, I think it is Nautilus. It, I it's feel like, so, so, you know,
2: if we're thinking about it in the context of lore, um, deep scaling to a thousand Nautilus is pretty scary. Mm. Um, but, all, but also, I'm like, I, I, I think I could just hide from a, a, a Nautilus-sized Teemo. And like, he's not, I'm like, is a nautilus sized Teemo elusive anymore? Probably not. And so <laughs> that's just a big, that's just a big brick. That's like not yeah. going to actually win the game. Yeah. So big, I'll, 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 I'll fight the, I'll fight the, I'll fight the thousand uh, Teemo-sized Nautilai. I'll probably yeah. lose still. Like, but it, it'll, you know, yeah.
0: Hey, Withering Whale can kill. Oh no, Withering Whale can't because they, they're, they're going to be, uh, they'll be. If it's pretty deep. If it's pretty deep. Well, if it's pretty deep, but they'll be, they'll be tough. So, I uh, wouldn't do it, but maybe Avalanche. Avalanche can take care of all. Right. Them all. I'm, I'm
2: switching right. back. No, no, I'm taking. I'm taking the. I'm taking the single. I'm taking the single. Yeah. Guy. You can vengeance it. Yeah, to, can, yeah. yeah I, I'm yeah. talking myself. I'm talking myself in circles. Yeah,
1: because then you can just <laughs> well, you do because you just have this big fluffy dude, right? And you just have the one, um, and you just throw all of your your game designers at him to chump block. So. <laughs> and that, and,
2: yeah, so that that's actually the that's actually the hidden story behind Von. Yep, my uh, my game designers are the are the one cost units.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I love it.
2: I can say that because they made that card, not because I made the card. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. Well, thank you. Sure. <laughs> well, thanks again, uh, Umbridge. Really appreciate it. Saucy, where can people find you when you're not here on the podcast?
1: Oh, uh, you can find me. My website's just Um, I'm always on YouTube and Twitch just at Saucy Mailman doing the, the streaming thing. Um, yeah, that, that's about it
0: awesome well you can find me on twitter at the underscore Blevins. you can find both of us at discord.me slash rune terrible radio we're rune terrible everywhere at rune terrible rune terrible dot com deck picks live we still want to see send us yeah. your deck picks please <laughs> we would love to see it we'd love it if you sent us a deck pick thank you um so but hard. that's gonna be it thank you everyone for listening live and for watching but for Umbridge for Saucy I am Blevins and we'll be back next week to talk about some more Legends of Runeterra (laughs)